right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. It's been a minute. It feels like it's almost been a year since the last episode. It's been a while. Hmm. Anyway, we are back with another episode, episode number 72. We are getting closer, 28 episodes to the 100th. Getting there. I think I got a pretty good plan. I think I got an idea. I was talking about it with a girlfriend. I think I know what we're going to be doing. Yep. Had a lot of time to talk. Got to spend the weekend in Baja, San Quintin, Baja California, Mexico, to be exact. We were down there for the Baja Rally San Quintin training in conjunction with American Rally Originals. We had Kyle McCoy, Dave Pearson, and Mo Hart down there. So we're going to talk about that today on today's episode, and then we are going to be chatting a little bit. There's some uh, some news, kind of sucked actually, but anyway, let's get into that party, get the rally updates going. So we have been busy. I've been working behind the scenes. So we got right back from the San Quintin training uh, that Baja Rally put on a couple of weekends ago, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And got a chance to hang out with a bunch of guys. It was a really great group uh, of of guys down there. Uh, Tony and those Tony Palandreno. I know I butchered that one. Um, you know, like I said, I mentioned Mohart, um, Kyle McCoy, David Pearson, all down there. Mike Johnson was there from Rally Comp as well. He flew in for the uh, for the event. Robert Mann and the Kansas City Rally team guys were there. Uh, Ace Nielsen came down for that one. So really, really cool. Um, I definitely enjoyed the time down there. The girlfriend and I both uh, getting to see. It was her first exposure to rally and kind of what uh, what all happens down there. And so definitely had some had some fun, and uh, and also got the chance to uh, keep track of the guys and everything uh, on the rally comp system. So very, very cool uh, on that one. Got to lay eyes on the newest edition of the rally comp. Uh, so newer screen and a couple of improvements there. Very, very nice unit there from, uh, Mike Johnson and the crew over at rally comp. So I was, uh, excited to see that there was a few of them in the field. They were out testing them as well as the tower one from Ico racing, uh, which is the electronic roadbook reader. Uh, I got to see a few of those as well in action. So really, really cool. Um, I got video of Scotty actually uploading a roadbook to one. Uh, super, super simple. And I like that idea for the organizations being able to release the roadbooks in a controlled manner. Uh, it's not as, um, you know, not as labor intensive, I guess you could say, you know, paper rolls and, you know, all of that stuff. So, uh, it will be nice. Uh, roadbook rolls do cost some money. They're not, uh, an expensive thing to, uh, to create or a very, uh, how should we say cost effective? They are not cost effective, uh, in that sense, but there's something about a road book and, and printing it out and taping it together. And yeah, granted, I come from a place where I don't have a whole lot of road book experience. Uh, I know the theory of operation much better than I know the actual operation of it, but, uh, it is, it was awesome to see so many people jump on board and just get right to work on it. So, um, we'll back it up before we get too far into how that training went and, and what that was like, uh, some big news, uh, out of Spain this week, uh, actually this, uh, this last couple of days. 
Um, I saw that uh, Mason Klein uh, right after or went out to um, uh, Spain. Excuse me, I'm trying to get my thoughts straight here. Uh, out to Spain for the Andalusia rally, and then also Skylar Howes going over there. But it seems like they arrived just in time, almost late, but just in time to have the rally postponed right as they got there, uh, citing that uh, a drought that had been ongoing in the region uh, and then also an expected heat wave that was not going to make it uh, not going to make it safe for the riders, uh, which is, you know, uh, I mean, obviously we agree, you know, safety first in rally. So it was really, really uh, it was cool to see that they took that into consideration. It's just kind of a bummer for the teams, especially, you know, Mason and and Skyler who traveled from afar. Not sure if Ricky was already out there. Uh, I didn't see any posts yet, but it's possible uh, or that they were out doing some training in one of the other regions. Uh, and then we're planning to to move into Spain uh, right before the event. So the event was set to go off uh, six, seven, eight, I believe, of this month of June, which we have arrived officially today, June first. So I'm curious to see. Uh, hopefully, no other no other postponements uh, and and how things shake up. It looks like they have. And let me let me look it up. I'm talking a lot about it, but let's look up because they postponed it, but they also announced the uh, the dates. Uh, that they were trying to postpone it to. And I have a feeling it's going to be in rally month um, at the end of uh, of the year here. Uh, and we'll see a rally 2022. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Ba, 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 ba. All right. Yes, it was postponed to the autumn, scheduled for June 7th through the 12th. Uh, has been postponed, uh, citing a heat wave and drought that has hit Andalusia uh, this past month. The extreme weather conditions have considerably increased the risk risk of fires in the region, leading to local authorities to raise the level of fire alert uh, to its maximum to preserve the already fragile ecosystem. Despite the follow support of local authorities, all of the parties involved have decided continuing with the rally is not possible at this time. The case of force majeure. Uh, has obliged the ASO, the FIA, the FIM organizer to postpone uh, the Andalusia rally until the autumn. To date, still under consideration, uh, but uh, on the initially planned route. So same route, just not sure exactly yet on the dates. It is going to be sometime in the autumn. Uh, so, hey, we get it. I mean, it's a beautiful region out there. And obviously, we don't want rally racing to have that kind of impact out there. So, Definitely looking forward to it. It is one of the rounds of the World Rally Raid Championship, uh, which, uh, which, uh, how do they say, as your boy uh, Mason Klein leads uh, the Rally One or Rally Two class, I believe. I'm getting rusty here. What happened? So W2RC. Do you think I would know this by heart already? It has been kind of scatterbrained. Work has been tough. Let's see here. Everybody around there we go. World Rally Raid Championship. Let's let's take a look at what it looks like right now. Uh, FIM. All right. Sam Sunderland leads it uh, through the second round with a 63 total points. Pablo Quintanilla in the number two spot. He's at 46 points after two rounds. Ricky Brabeck. Or no, Matthias Wachner third. Uh, lead with 35 points and then one point behind Ricky Brabeck in the fourth uh, after two rounds. Toby Price fifth with the team uh, KTM Red Bull factory team. 
25 points there. And then one point behind him is Nacho Cornejo uh, on the Honda on 24 points. Adrian Van Beveren in the seventh spot, uh, 20th. This is going to be interesting, though. They only did that first round and with Yamaha coming out of uh, out of rally in that sense, because then they turned around and it looks like uh, the guys over from Rebel X are now helping field a Yamaha factory team on the real. I'm not going to say the real. Let's go say on the, the big boy bikes. They're on the 700 uh, Tenere 700. Uh, world raid uh, bikes that they've modified and and set up for rally Poltar is of course if you guys don't know who it is look up the seeker films on youtube uh famed trials rider but now is also riding rally uh on the yamaha tenere 700 uh which not an easy bike to maneuver because no matter how you slice it and even if you put it on a diet you're really going to be pressed to get that thing under 350 pounds i would think uh, it would be interesting to see what it is, uh, what kind of specs they're running on that bike, what the weight is and that kind of thing after they finish doing what they do. Uh, but it is still a heavy bike and he's still out there in the dunes throwing it around. And and I mean, let's face it, if you've seen the films you've seen, I mean, he makes this bike look like it weighs 200 pounds. Right. So I think that that um, that stands very well. Uh, I can see where some of the organizations are going to have a problem with it because zero to 100 kilometers per hour or zero to 60 miles an hour is extremely fast on that bike. Uh, and then when it comes to top speed, if you let the thing go, it's going to go very, very fast. So 110 plus, not a problem with that bike, I would think, uh, unless the organization said, well, I'll tell you what, you are going to run a 10 tooth front sprocket with a 63 tooth rear sprocket, and then you can't get over 50. Um, so you never know. But that is that. Let's see here. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Here we go. Rally 2 pilots. Mason Klein. Ooh, look at that. Mason Klein on the BAS World KTM racing team after two rounds. 63 points for him. Uh, then Dumacher in the number two spot uh, at 44 points. So a sizable lead there for uh for mason on that one so scoring 38 points at the dakar and then scoring at the abu dhabi desert challenge scoring 25 points winning both of those events uh then dumater a third at dakar with 24 points and then a second at the abu dhabi desert challenge scoring 20 points there and chapler in the number three spot uh only at 30 points dobrowski fourth 27 points and then the other other break brabeck from the czech public uh, you've got uh, 20 points placing fourth at the Dakar. Bradley Cox, sixth uh, teammate to Mason Klein on the BAS Dakar team. Uh, Bradley on 17 points. He placed a fifth at the Dakar. Uh, Lucci on the Solaris bike, 16 points. Llanos in the eighth spot, 15 points. More uh, on the nine spot with 14 points. And then Galaznakis. Uh, is going to be 10th with 12 points. So Mason Klein got a little bit of room to breathe. Uh, looks like next one is going to be Rally Kazakhstan uh, and then Andalusia and then Rally du Maroc. So interesting lineup. We'll see how those shake loose here over the next few months. Uh, but yeah, that is the big news out of Europe and the Spain region uh, that the Andalusia rally is being postponed or has been postponed for them. So Saw a check-in from Mason. Looks like uh, him and Carter were working on motorcycles there. Uh, then also saw another post on Instagram from uh, Skyler Howes as well. Uh, but he's out riding bikes and uh, sending it on those fast fire roads out there. So 
very unique riding. I did notice that um, in uh, in both last year's event, uh, watching the events and watching some of the commentary about how open and flat the areas are that they ride in. And so a lot of flat corners, uh, trees and stuff where you're wide open and then all of a sudden it narrows up. So you got to rope the bike in, you know, back it in, do all of these things that I have no idea how to do yet on a motorcycle yet. Um, but it definitely makes for an interesting ride. Some people are really good at fast technical rough. Some people are really good at fast and flat. Some people are good at all, no matter what you put them on. So it really kind of depends. It does, I believe does take different riding styles in order to kind of get, um, get competitive because again, I mean, not, not only are you having to navigate, but you're also having to slide the bike around and do all this stuff. And you have to be pretty confident the room for error on that because everybody's going to be fast is, is very slim. So the navigation is important. Uh, and then also the technique is important. So it'd be interesting to see how, how you work your way up to that. That might be something I, I reach out to these guys. I have been looking at, uh, different training classes, uh, following, if you haven't already, I'm following, uh, Dave, uh, from couch to Dakar, Dave Black, uh, and then a few of the other guys, but watching his riding progression, uh, with trials. And then he's been attending the Jimmy Lewis riding schools. Uh, you can see a very noted difference. If you scroll down on his Instagram and look at some of the first videos versus some of his riding. Now it's looking much more natural and the pace has come up. So the confidence is there. Everything is going. So this is just what you can see from the outside looking in. So I'd be curious to get his opinion and see how, um, how he feels on the bike. Uh, it is, you know, obviously it is a, a visible improvement on that. So, uh, but yeah, so there's the Jimmy Lewis riding school that they've been doing. Uh, and then, uh, also looking at, uh, going out with, uh, Colton Udall cause Colton's also at champ ranch is going to get, uh, get his classes going here soon. So definitely looking to maybe spend some time up there. That is local here in Southern California. Uh, and then on a recommendation from Skyler, uh, Destry Abbott school, the D8 training facility. So, uh, looking at those, you know, I, I really, I feel like it's like going back to college or going back to school. There's going to be some teachers you just click with and you understand, and there's going to be others where, okay, well, I'm going to work on these drills, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm, we're on the same page. Uh, you never know, but the way I'm looking at it is, is, you know what, any kind of training is good training. Uh, technique is very, very important. Uh, that was actually a conversation that we had in closing, uh, as we were leaving, uh, the, uh, San Quintina area, uh, when we were talking about suspension and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I want to invest and do more, uh, on the bike and, and, you know, be comfortable with it. But at the same time, um, rider ability has a lot to do with it. So if you're making mistakes that are fundamental and are technique based mistakes, uh, no amount of suspension is going to help correct that. So, and if anything could lead to more trouble or the other way around, I mean, you, you want to have a good baseline too. You don't want to go out with like whack, you know, a whack setup. So, so we'll see, got to put miles on it. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm the 790, uh, with the conflict suspension and with the counter shocks on it is working very, very well. Um, to my liking right now, I'm looking to better my technique and then probably outgrow it, which I think is normal, uh, and then tweak and tune it a little bit better to how I am riding at that point. Uh, I do have the zip tie racing, uh, suspension on project 501. That's all done. As far as the suspension being mounted, I need to get the rear shock back on there and just get a couple of more things going. Uh, but coming soon, I'm, 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 I'm definitely excited to ride that 501 out, uh, out in the wild 
and uh, and start training. That's going to be the training bike. You know, I'm I'm setting it up and I'm I'm setting myself up that it's probably going to be dropped a few times, but it is much easier to pick that thing up than it is the 790. Uh, even though the 790 is on a diet, which reminds me, I wonder when the next Rottweiler bike night is. I know he's got a set of scales. I kind of want to take it up there and see uh, what uh, what it looks like. But uh, but yeah, so that is uh, a lot, covered a lot of ground there, but. Anyway, uh, let's rope it back in. Let's go back. So fresh off of a weekend of training, uh, a few of the riders down at, or they were training, I was watching, uh, watching over and, and just kind of there to kind of chaperone the rally comp stuff and do that. Um, it was very, very, it was a really, really cool class. And so the first day they were literally the riders, there was, there was about three or four riders that had never ridden road books before. And with a quick crash course uh, on rally comp functionality and some road books that they had a chance to study before they got to the event, uh, they were sent off into the wild. And I think that that was a really, really, really good. I wholeheartedly agree with that move uh, at the beginning of it. Road books really aren't there's a lot to be found on road books uh, online. And so it's not difficult to learn how to read them. What's more difficult, I think, is learning to read them and recognize the terrain. And there's a big question mark and an unknown there if you've never written a road book. That's what happened to me on my first road book is it's just kind of like, okay, well, I know what this means, but what is that actually going to look like? And so by doing what Baharali did uh, and the training and, and with, you know, obviously the input and feedback from the American Rally Originals is they basically released everybody into the wild early on before they had any kind of classroom instruction. And I think that that was absolutely key in at least the, the people that had never written a road book to get a chance to get exposed to this. What it looks like on the other side of that is, is that then there gets questions are asked that are more not I, I want to use the word productive that could be productive or counterproductive those questions come up and now it's like a more directed question hey i had trouble on this note and that could be something that okay well if you said all right well friday we just check in we do our thing it's the welcome dinner and da 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 da, da. we're all meeting you know out front to do a meet and greet or whatever you do that and the next morning a full day of riding that you could have, you basically spend it chaperoning people that maybe got lost, that are having troubles. It, it eliminates the way it eliminates the ability to do a long stage on your first real day of riding. And so by doing something short and sweet, um, you get all these little questions, all these things out, you, you get rid of the jitters and now you can actually focus on the meat of learning to navigate and learning how to read road books and all that stuff. So it was, it was a really, really good idea. Um, uh, I think that it was, a it was planned out. Everything worked out very, very well. The weekend went very, very smooth. Um, and I think that there's going to be, uh, more of these classes. And I, I was, a I was an advocate for it. I was talking to Dave Pearson about it. Uh, from the American Rally Originals. And it's like, when is the next one? When are you guys doing the next one? This needs to be done again because this is uh, this format and and how it worked out was very, very, uh, very educational, very easy to understand. And it worked very, very well for the group that was there. So 
from there, you know, they did their first three stages. There was the questions and all that. That night, there was a, a, a longer class. We talked about some of the, I got a chance to talk about organization side of things uh, from the org. And then, of course, you had uh, David Pearson talking about road books, reading road books, some of the stuff to watch out for. Uh, Scotty Bloom also up there. Uh, you, had, you had a really good mix of people. You had Kyle McCoy as well. Uh, talking about some of the history, some of the Dakar, some of the stuff, you know, some of his experiences. It was really, really good. And not only that, but the students and the group that was there, everybody was bonding, gelling really good. It was really fun. Uh, a little bit of competitive there, but it was cool because people were just gassing themselves and, 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 and having fun. That was the big part. Everybody was having fun. Um, if there was some frustrations, they were quickly dispelled with a little bit more guidance and all that. And it's really cool. You guys will see the video. I haven't posted it up, but there is a video that I did take and I'm literally like standing there. And as I'm standing there, it's like to my right is Kyle talking to one rider. Uh, and then right in the middle is David Pearson talking to another rider. And then on the other side, on the left, there's there's Mo Hart talking to another rider. So not only was it a here's a classroom experience, it was here's a classroom experience. And here are people that can mentor you and talk about your specific situation with what went out there. I don't think any other rally school has done something like that on a kind of more one-to-one -one basis. So I think that that was very important for, for some people to understand and, and catch, you know, some of the concepts. Um, big takeaway from the weekend, and a lot of guys really focused in on this, and there was a, a few aha moments that I heard, was the slow down and navigate, you know, and that was a very big you know, thing that I, in my part, I, I harped on it a little bit and talked a little bit about it, but everybody else was on the same page, like slow down and navigate, just focus on the navigation. It does. The time is not being counted here. Don't worry about that. You lose way more time in an actual rally raid race, trying to make up for faulty navigation that if you would have just slowed it down a few K's and really just paid attention to the navigation you will make up way more time than riding pin from corner to corner because one time leads to another time leads to another time leads to being frustrated and then your head is gone. So it was really, really cool to see that nobody rode off into the sunset. There was people that were lost and they struggled with waypoints, but you know, what was funny is, is that nobody made mistakes that were not out of the norm for any given rally. I got to do overwatch and work with, uh, with Baja Rally as race director and on tracking and all that stuff for, for a few years. And I did not see anything different as far as uh, mistakes and circles and, and things that were, um, that were kind of out of the norm. There was nothing really out of the norm. The, there was sections that we thought, okay, you know, where they said that the road book was tricky because they were, they were basically uh, pre-writing the road books and, and getting familiar with the course uh, and where maybe some of the congestion, the pain points may be. And the students literally on the first full riding day on Saturday, they did the first 30 kilometers, no problem, a short stage. And then they went out and did another 100 kilometer stage. And everybody was back within a normal time frame. Nobody was out there like, oh my God, you know, it's sundown. We're going to have to go find this guy. No, it was really, really good. And so they have a really good recipe. Honestly, I think that the recipe the Baja Rally put together for this event went really, really well. So I'm, I'm excited to see. I mean, there was a lot of people that were absolutely excited. Um, a lot of cool bikes. Robert Mann on, uh, on a Freshie uh, Rally Factory replica. 
450. Uh, took that out on Sunday. A really good looking bike. Uh, got to see Mo Hart's uh, rally bike as well. Uh, so very, very nice. I mean, the, those bikes are definitely something else. You can tell the detail on them. Everything has a spot. Everything is planned out well. Um, and then you know, they they just work. So uh, a lot of guys out there. Ben Myers was out there as well. He was doing very, very well. Uh, he's now on a Husky 501. He did have a RFS uh, 450 when I first met him. Struggled a lot with that bike, but he was now on a 500. Uh, 501, it's actually, I believe it was Moe's. Uh, previous race bike that he used and that thing was completely gone through suspension was done on it bike looked dialed he was having a blast uh he was out there navigating doing very very well in a roundabout way without really timing everything he was usually in the top five to come back to the bivouac one of the first five bikes to come back so really really good to see it was really cool to see the progression in him you know moving forward with that and then a couple of fast guys, a couple of local Southern California guys down there as well. Uh, so that was really, uh, really, really cool. Actually trying to see if we can get um, get him on the shows. Uh, Tony, uh, let me see here. Tony P. I got to send him another invite and be like, yo, what are we doing? Da, 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 da. Where did it go? There it is. Tony Palandrani. There we go. And I know you listen to the show and I really appreciate the, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, but yeah, let's get you, uh, let's get you on the show. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about your experience. Cause it looks like you were out there having fun. So, and we'll go from there huh? and buried the rear of the bike in the sand dunes, but yes, uh, lots of fun there anyway. So came back, uh, energetic. It was really cool to see. I was really excited that everybody, you know, was back safe, was doing all this stuff. Like literally I had to head back. We had to head back early, uh, because of work obligations. And by the time we were, we were literally like just getting through to the other side of town and we were already getting messages that, Hey, the first bike's 20 minutes out from the bivouac, you know, and I'm already doing it. So I was very impressed to, to hear that, see that, read it, um, that that was going down. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they're doing another one soon. I really do hope they announce another one soon. I know the six day Baja rally is going to be coming up as the next event on the calendar for Baja rally. Uh, you do have the Kota rally that is going to be coming up just before that. Uh, for those of you in the Colorado, Utah area, uh, I did hear a few people already that were like getting ready, getting signed up and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll check in with Mike from Kota, uh, to see how that, how the event's shaping up. Uh, he's constantly posting, uh, some of these huge views that he gets out there uh, as he's making these routes. So absolutely stoked to see that. I think it's starting to get to the warmer weather for him. So he might be having to call it quits, get back, uh, get back indoors and enjoy the, uh, enjoy the air conditioning. Uh, so we'll see that one. Uh, but then, yeah, so now uh, rally month after that, you've got Baja rally six day, you've got the Morocco rally, you've got Sonora rally and then Andalusia rally or Andalusia rally. Uh, all mixed in in there. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on towards the end of the year. So we are working on on something in the background. I got to get a few more people. I got to get some input from a few more people uh, before we make any formal announcements. But uh, absolutely excited uh, on what we're working on. Uh, we are going to get back to Waypoint Wednesdays. We are going to change the format a little bit on that. I, a couple of people reached out about the live stream and, hey, are you still doing this? And the answer is yes, we are going to be doing that gonna cut back a little bit i think we're probably doing that once every other week uh i'll release more of the details here in the next uh in the next week or so uh but yeah i'm i'm excited we are going we are moving forward 
A lot going on. We're getting even closer now to the 20,000 total plays uh, for this podcast. And I'm absolutely excited to that. I haven't counted the countries. I hope we're still going up. Last count, we were at 68 countries worldwide. Uh, so still got a few more to go. Uh, a few more people to say hi to and, and work with and talk on the show. Uh, I am going to be working on a calendar uh, to put up on the Chasing Waypoints website uh, so that that way we can get an idea like you guys can know when when guests are coming up, when we're going to do an In the Bivouac and with who and when it's going to air. Uh, so you guys can can help share, spread the word and say, hey, tune in uh, and get to it. So I'm excited. I hope everybody's excited. I appreciate everybody that's been tuning in and listening and supporting the channel. Uh, some of you guys have found the link in the Spotify stuff where you can you can basically sign up to support uh, to support the podcast and the channel and the efforts that we are putting together. Uh, so I'm greatly appreciative of that. I really do appreciate that. That does help, uh, especially now when diesel is almost $7 a gallon here in California. I know, but what are we going to do? Uh, I mean, we could protest about it. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, I, I hear they have a surplus. Maybe we can pay the fuel companies to, you know, hey, you know, how about we do this for profit for you guys and you guys cut it back a little. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, eventually they'll figure out what to do with our money. Uh, I'm, I'm of the belief, we're going to go slightly political here, but I am of the belief that when I walk into a store and I pay what I owe for, uh, what I purchased, um, and what I agreed to pay for that, if there's any money left over, I'm going to get some change back. Just saying, we'll leave it at that. We'll let the uh, quote unquote elected officials handle their thing out here in California. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions about the local government and all of that stuff, but yeah, not much we can do about it here on this uh, on this podcast, unfortunately. But we'll give it a shot, you know. Well, not really. I want to focus on some rally raid stuff. We're going to talk rally raid. We're going to talk adventure motorcycles. Like I said, we are planning a, a, a deal for the 100th episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Uh, if you guys got ideas or something that you would want to see in that, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm looking to keep it local here in San Diego. Uh, there is a consideration about maybe going to Mexico, but, uh, I feel like maybe some people are still a little apprehensive, maybe not ready to do that, but maybe we do something here and then we do something there. Let's figure it out. But, uh, a lot of good times down there. There's a lot of great places to see a lot of stuff. So, uh, would be absolutely excited to get people down there as well. So stay tuned. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, do all of that stuff. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate you guys, the messages. Hey, what's going on with the episodes? What's the next one? What are you talking to? Who are you talking to? What are you doing? I appreciate that motivation. Uh, we are back. We're doing some stuff. Uh, we do have, like I said, we do have Waypoint Wednesdays. We're going to start that back up. Uh, we are going to be doing that, like I said, probably every other week. Uh, I'll release a schedule on that so you guys know when it's coming. Uh, I like the live stream side of it because I get to see people chime in and we can talk and just turn it into a chat. So that's always good. And then we are going to get back to uh, we're going to get back to the beginning of rally. Uh, and it's been a while since we've covered the kind of getting started, starting from zero, that kind of thing uh, in rally raid. There's a lot of new people uh, that are listening. There's a lot of new people that are interested in getting into rally raid. And so we're moving forward with that. Uh, I am working on the 501 uh, getting even closer. I did talk about that a few minutes ago. We're getting closer on that one. I actually for the for what we're doing with the channel and what we're uh, what we're working on, especially for this getting started. Uh, I've actually uh, ordered the parts from uh, Matthew up at Rally Moto Shop. 
uh, to go rally light. So what I'm going to be doing is just installing uh, the basic handlebar setup uh, and, and the installation on that and how it works uh, and putting that together. And the idea behind it is, is that I want, you know, to show how easy it is to put this navigation equipment in. Uh, the Moto-Minded Tower that I have is very simple to install. It's great. Uh, it's like the next level. Right. If you're if you want to try rally out, we're going to start at the handlebar mount setup uh, and then we can move into the if you want to go straight to a tower. Great. The moto minded option is great. Raid Garage also makes a great option. And then there's a bunch of other companies out there that are also making great options. But uh, here local here stateside, uh, the stuff out of moto minded. And then um, and then, you know, you can get the stuff out of rally moto shop, which is still beyond me. I don't know how he does it to get the stuff so quickly into the U.S., but. Uh, out of Canada, but it just does. It works. It's great. Uh, so I am awaiting my candy delivery. Uh, and yeah, so stay tuned for that. We'll get more of that on Instagram. We'll do some YouTube shorts as well on that. Uh, and then we'll get back to it. But, uh, first and foremost, it is the first of June and I do want to welcome aboard and thank, uh, Moscow Moto for their support and helping us put together and get going, uh, here on the podcast, uh, for the month. Uh, so I'm absolutely excited to welcome them again, uh, Moscow Moto making both bags, riding bags, uh, for tough travel, tough gear. Uh, they are doing, uh, they are doing apparel as well. So I'll drop a link in the description so you guys can link up over or jump over to their stuff. Uh, but do check it out. Uh, I do have the reckless 10, uh, on the 790 for those of you that like to travel light and have that, um, have just enough storage for a tube and some tools and stuff like that. Uh, and then on the 850 GS, we went full send uh, with their 80, uh, their 80 liter setup. So the backcountry setup with the staggered panniers and the big duffel bag on the back. So we'll talk more about that uh, as well as the month goes through. But if you guys already haven't heard it, uh, jump back one episode. Uh, we're talking to Pete and Ash, who are the uh, the driving force behind. Well, I shouldn't say driving force because that that whole outfit is a family. Uh, but they are the OGs from Moscow Moto, uh, and they talk about some of their travels and what they've done around the world, uh, with, uh, brat packing and some of that stuff. So definitely want to go back and check that episode out. Uh, or if you were in the area of one of their shows, you can jump on their website and you can always catch, uh, catch one of them or catch them at the live, uh, in-person events that they do with the travel trailers. So really, really cool. Uh, set up. They were just recently at the Overland Expo out here in Flagstaff. Uh, and then I don't know, uh, I feel like when I talk to them, the first question I have to ask is where in the world are you guys right now? So yeah. Anyway, with that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking more. And then if you guys got somebody that you want to get on the show that, hey, you know what, you should talk to this guy. He's got a good, really good story. Uh, let's do it. Jump up on Instagram, jump onto that uh, link in bio, and then you're going to see there the reach out, the feedback. Uh, click click on that. It'll send me an email. Just let me know, and uh, we can go from there. So with that being said, guys, hope everybody is having a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others.
Also, follow us on social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week.